problems are on our side. Problems work for us. If we look at the research, the only way that the brain changes, the only way that it learns at a neurological level is when it encounters problems, when it encounters something that it doesn't know what to do with. Otherwise, it goes right down the same old neural pathways and nothing changes. We don't grow. We need problems. Very often, we don't like problems. Sometimes we detest problems. If we're in school and we're given a whole new set of problems, a lot of people complain. Oh my God, more problems to do. And yet, we're given those problems because they help us learn. They develop the brain. They develop new neural pathways. They do exactly what school is supposed to be for. Now, we can say a lot of things about how school is done and the challenges with it as we have before, but just at the level of problems, they work for us. If we look at it in the bigger context of life, when we encounter problems, that's our growth opportunity. We all sort of know that, but we don't treat it that way. That's not necessarily our attitude. And if our attitude is off, then problems become problematic. They hang us up. They repel us. We don't want to deal with them. So often we do anything we can to avoid them. That has all kinds of consequences. Let's use a couple simple, obvious examples. If we're driving down the road in our car and the check engine light comes on, we can often just ignore that. We don't want to deal with it. You know, we're concerned about the expense. We've got other things to do, yet it keeps flashing at us. You know, if we're high-tech about it, we get a code reader out, and we take a look at it, and then we dump the error message. And again, we hope that things get better. Rarely do they. Or let's say we're having some kind of health issue. You know, we have a cough or we have a... Uh, stomach problem or whatever, we, again, just don't want to deal with it, what happens? Well, with either of these, over time, there's the potential for it to get much worse, for it to cascade into other systems. If we deal with it right up front, it's taken care of. The expense is minimal relative to what it could be if it has time to snowball. If we have a problem with a friend or a partner or a colleague and we don't deal with it, sometimes it goes away, but a lot of times it festers and then it starts changing the relationship and it makes it worse. If, on the other hand, we go, oh, here's an opportunity, here's growth waiting to happen, here's the universe trying to orchestrate my next level of evolvement, of growth, then we come to it in a completely different way. With that change in attitude, now we can take on that problem and get the learning that comes out of it, get the growth that comes out of it. If we look at the entirety of evolution, all of evolution was driven by problems. If whatever happened to the dinosaurs didn't happen, we would still probably be 
looking at a world filled with dinosaurs. If we go back even further and we look at single-celled organisms, if they hadn't been challenged by the environment, by other organisms in the environment, by changing circumstances in the environment, we might still have a world with just single-celled organisms. If early species of humankind weren't challenged, if there weren't problems to be solved, how to feed ourselves, how to deal with changing environments, how to sustain larger populations, if those problems weren't encountered, we would still probably be back in caves with lesser brain function and much more primitive civilization. So the problems that we encounter are designed to challenge us, are designed to evolve us. And again, at a neurological level, it takes those problems, those challenges, to get the brain to break down the pathways, to replasticize the pathways that haven't been working optimally and reconstituting those at a higher level, a greater level of function. The notion behind school systems is to progressively challenge students at a greater and greater level, producing greater and greater levels of capacity. In a sense, we're evolving our intelligence through those challenges, and this holds true for all areas of our life. So the reason we're walking through all of this is so that we can stop and examine our attitudes towards problems, towards challenges, towards when things go wrong. Do we shut down? Do we pull away? Do we give up? Or do we get excited because we know that even though it may be difficult, on the other side of it, we're going to come out being more than we were going into it. If we want to grow, if we want to learn, if we want to evolve ourselves, we have to find a way to look at problems so that they're welcomed, so that our attitude is one of excitement, of what a great challenge. One way to develop this, if you don't already have it, is to think about an area in your life where you have that kind of outlook, where you have that kind of excitement. And step into that for a minute. See what the outlook is. How do you view yourself? How do you view your life? And then compare and contrast those two states. In the one where you feel excited about the challenge, maybe you feel bigger or brighter or more solid or more capable. Maybe the problem, the challenge that you're looking at when it's exciting for you seems smaller, lower, more manageable. What's the feeling that goes with it? And when you compare and contrast that to when challenges, problems seem something to be avoided, when you think about that in that comparison, how is it different? The next thing we want to do is what happens when we bring that feeling, that state from the exciting challenge over to the challenge, the problem, where it is less exciting, something that we want to avoid. How does it change that when we bring that other state over? 
very often what people tell us is, wow, that just completely changes the experience. And it's so easy. Often we have to practice it. We have to do it several times. We have to generalize it. We have to think about where in the future am I going to run into problems that I thought of in the old way? And what if I already practice ahead of time thinking about it in this more exciting, uh, generous, bigger way? This way, our brain is already preconditioned to use this more effective approach, and it is going to have much more tendency to automatically go into it. We also want to notice what is a sign, a signal that we're hitting that negative response to problems. You know, do we contract? Do we distract? What is it so that we can cue our awareness into that reaction? Let's say we get a contraction and we start to feel that and immediately we go, oh, I know what that is. And here's the counter to that. Here's this state that I have from this other thing, this outlook, this perspective that I have from this other thing where I enjoy the challenge. Let me bring it into this. It lets us turn it around right away. Problems can be our friend. Problems can help us. If we just let them go, if we avoid them, of course, they pile up, they multiply. (laughs) They're a little like rabbits that way. They produce more and more problems. And then it gets to a place where it is just challenging for anybody to deal with. So we want to deal with them right up front. We want to deal with them one at a time. We want to take them on and change our approach this way. Even if in the past we've let the problems pile up, we can break it down and begin to take one of those, deal with it, go to the next, deal with it, and work our way out of it. When problems become our friend, life becomes so much more fulfilling. Then the experience of life evolves us and helps us become what we, at such a deep level, have an impulse to move towards. Problems become pleasurable and life becomes good.